Tonight's final bout is for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship, scheduled for one fall or to curfew. Gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The last of the titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Referee giving instructions here to both principals, and this should be one whale of a match to wind up things here in Madison Square Garden. All right, fans of the Titans of Wrestling, if you're digging this show, you got to know that we've been doing them for a while. We've got an archive of shows that you're going to blow your mind. Just head on over to the Place to Be Nation to check them out. Titans of Wrestling Archives, you know you want to hear it. This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. All right. Well, I'm back, motherfuckers. The Parva's coming back. Guess who's back? Back again. Parv has come back to the Titans of Wrestling. <laughs> the Parv. If you smell my fingers. Oh dear. Um, and of course I'm here with uh, with the with the other Titans here. Uh, Kelly, uh, Chief J historian, jobber lover. How are yeah. you doing, Kelly? Yeah. I'm I'm doing well. I, I kept the seat warm for you for a couple. Episode. Yes, no, uh, yeah, did, good job, good job, uh, Kelly, and much appreciated. Sorry, uh, sorry that uh, you know that I was claimed by the grave for for a couple of weeks there. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, uh, how you doing? Recovered from WrestleMania, yeah? Uh, yes, it took a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, well, I, I saw you said you were too inebriated to do a show. When when's that? No, that? no, 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 no. Just real quick, yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, it's legal in Colorado. A friend of mine brought over these uh, pot moon pies he made. He's a chef, and <laughs> I and I and I, I said, "Well, how powerful are these, dude? I got to do a radio show." And he's like, "Oh, I'll just eat half of one." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so I eat half, and I forgot he's got this huge tolerance. And so by the time Taker Lesnar start was going on, I was higher than giraffe pussy, and just like. <laughs> Oh, if I, and by the time the end came, I was like, I, I, I can't do the radio. I'm just, uh, no, I, I can't. Uh, hey, no. hey, hey, Johnny, if you and your old buddy uh, Wolfman were uh, a tag team, the Moon Pies would be a pretty good name. There you go, the Moon Pies. <laughs> trust me, trust me. Uh, uh, the way we look now compared we like the way we looked in high school, we've eaten our fair share of Moon Pies. <laughs> and, uh, and Pete, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, I gotta say, Parv. You missing two shows? You're bringing the funny right off the bat, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I tell you, Pete, I noticed you've been doing a lot of uh, outside dates. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I had a pinch hit for Johnny. I got a late yeah. call. Got a call right after WrestleMania. 
Will frantic. Hey, uh, Johnny's uh, is uh, he cannot play. We have to scratch him from the show. Can you pinch it? In in wrestling vernacular, I was in no condition to perform. <laughs> exactly. Well, Phil, all I was going to say was, remember where you got your star. We made exactly, you a, we made yeah. you a star, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and if you guys want to catch it, that was the uh, Place to Be Nation uh, WrestleMania reaction show. And then I kicked off uh, Stephen Graham's Place to Be Nation Pro Wrestling Super Show. And I'm sure you'll see some of the, these uh, asshats on there as well eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as, well as, uh, as well as being uh, back, the Fab Four together again, uh, like, like the old times, um, we're also back in New York for the first time in a while. Because uh, we've been in Philly for feel, feels like forever now. Um, oh, yes, it does. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it actually felt back to be in medicine. Didn't it feel good to be back in MSG for a show? Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, yes, starting off then, are we ready to roll? Anybody got any yeah. notes before we start? Yeah, just a, a warning. Uh, decide for our listeners, I might be disappearing as the show goes on. So sorry. Right. Yeah, no, as long as you stay, as, as yes. long as you're still there when the Inoki match is there. Yeah, <laughs> a, yeah I, gotta, I, gotta, I wanna catch the Takio fight tonight, so sorry right. guys. Right. Um, so the don't first. You know that, uh, don't you know boxing's fake? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so from the, uh, from the Moon Pies to the Moon Dogs now, for the first match of tonight, the Moon Dogs taking on, uh, everybody's favorite, Heartthrob uh, team, uh, Rick Martel and Tony Gurria. They're gorgeous, gorgeous. <laughs> and um, uh, this is the first time we've seen the Moondogs. And I, I, I have a little uh, bio here. You ready for this? Um, so the, the Moon, just before I get into the, this, uh, any, Moondogs, fond memories, Johnny? Uh, you know what? My initial memories of the Moondogs are, because I, I don't remember them from back this time. Like I said, I was young and didn't watch all the time. So my initial Moondog memories are, are uh, Moondog Spot being like a jobber to the stars. Yeah. And, uh, and then getting into Memphis when and being like, oh, Moondogs are awesome. And then going back and, and you know watching tapes and stuff like that. And you go, oh, the Moondogs were really really good <laughs> you know like, wow you know but my initials i was like moondog spot was the lowest of the <laughs> of the guys who were characters like moondog spot had an action he, he, he had a card in in the bubblegum cards and stuff like that but you know uh, all right well uh, here here goes then uh, with their um with their unkempt hair and beards wild behavior and bellies protruding over their tattered jeans, the Moondogs were a tag team that lived on and on. That gimmick just didn't die. It, uh, it just kept going. We could get beat every night and go back out to the next month, uh, the next month uh, in the next town and still tear the house down, recalled Moondog Rex, a.k.a. Randy Collie. And uh, R- Randy Collie, uh, I seem to remember, uh, wrestled as Mr. X in WCW for ages when... Um, when giant, he was like the, the backstage, he was like the keeper for uh, Giant uh, Gonzalez when he first came in. Um, just by the by, um, it all started as a bit of an accident. Yeah, he also, I think he also wrestled over in Mid South as the champion. I believe Did that he? was him. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. Um, it, it all started as a bit of an accident for the Moondogs. Newfoundland sailor Ed White had been brought into the WWWF as a singles worker, and the persistent collie bugged promoting Vincent J. McMahon for well over a year before getting his chance. McMahon thought that Collie, a nine-year veteran from Alabama, looked like Moondog Lonnie Maine. Moondog Lonnie Maine, anyone? Yep. From uh, Portland. Yeah, yeah, uh, great yeah. match with Buddy Rose. Yeah, that's, that, that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's the Moondog Maine that we were talking about the other night, Kelly, right? The, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of Portland's greatest legends. Um, yeah. And yeah, was he, the inspiration for the, for the Moondogs. Yeah, he, he was like a big heel in the 60s and 70s, I believe. Uh, that Moondog Maine um, who yep. had been through the WWF almost a decade earlier as a challenger for champion Pedro Morales me and Randy uh, were more or less uh, there as spares said White aka Moondog King then I guess <laughs> Vince the father saw the potential with the two of us looking similar and being able to work good he tagged us up and called us the Moondogs Rex and King his immediate success uh, spoilers. I'm not going to read these spoilers, but they uh, they may have <laughs> they, they may well have won the uh, tag belt at some point um, after 1980. Oh. Um, although I just oh, noticed, I've just noticed, that, <laughs> I just, no, I just noticed that they um, they're still putting WWWF. That now that is incorrect, as we as we know on this show. So Greg Oliver and Steve Johnston are uh, bad for claiming that it was still I can't called. Well, the 1981 result are, man. Jesus. <laughs> well, they may have won the belt at some point. Um, thanks, thanks for coming back. Right. Well, why even do the show anymore? I'm <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> however, during that run, White ran into trouble uh, at the Canadian border at Cornwall, Ontario, and was denied entry into the U.S. He tried again at the Champlain border crossing, and his passport was revoked as he was uh, filling out his working papers. White believes a rival, rival promoter set him up for failure. Somebody phoned, which I to this day believe it was George Cannon, and told them that I had a criminal record. Because the papers were just going to get signed uh, when the phone call came, he said. According to Collie, the Moondogs and Albano were all set to go to Japan. Uh, when when he left and couldn't come back, it cost me a lot of money too, he said. That's the only bad thing about a tag team. If one messes up, the other suffers the same price. That was a big blow. Um, it doesn't say, however, whether Ed White did have a criminal record. I'm guessing he did if he couldn't, if it ruined his passport. <laughs> um, you know, rape, rape a few 14-year-olds and, you know, they call it against you forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm the victim. <laughs> the uh, the WWF made the memorable announcement that Moondog King had been hit by a car, and this allowed <laughs> <laughs> and this allowed Moondog Spot, aka Larry Booker, to take over. <laughs> Known as Larry Latham in, in his early career in the Southern U.S., Booker was recommended by Andre the Giant, who had a lot of pull in New York. More than anyone else, Booker reveled in the role of a moondog and continued to play the part until his in-ring death in November 2003 in Memphis. So Moondog uh, Spot died in the ring. Yep, I didn't yep, know that. Yep. I didn't know that. Just the match, he just he went the turnbuckle and uh, sat yeah. down and died. 
Wow. Well, who else? Like Mike, Mike DiBiase, of course, uh, died in the ring. Anyone else? There's not any who's died in the ring. Uh, well, Ric Flair, obviously, uh, at some point. Will. <laughs> will, yeah. I, I'm, call, I'm calling it now. He will die in the ring one day. Sorry, Rick. I love you, but, you know, that's going to happen. I've watched lots of guys die in the ring. <laughs> Um, after the, after the Moondogs uh, WWF run ended, all three ended up in South Africa. The only time the three originals ever worked together. Of course, South Africa are always a big wrestling uh, nation, uh, represented in the Pat O'Connor Memorial Tournament. Uh, we, had the, we had the first six-man tag uh, that they'd ever had and sold out Cape Town. I think it was three rows in a, uh, three shows in a row, which was very good. Collie said. Next, Collie and Booker went to Puerto Rico uh, and, the, and the Caribbean uh, before eventually arriving in Memphis. Any of you guys seen uh, Moondogs in uh, Puerto Rico? I know that stuff's been going around recently. No, but I want no. to. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it's good. Amazing. I bet yeah. it sounds good, right? And then they ended up in Memphis. Um, oh, yeah, uh, that's, that's the good shit. Yeah, there they yeah. proceeded to uh, start a heated feud with the fabulous ones. That's Steve, oh, the Steve best. And Stan yeah. Lane. Amazing. Yeah. By yeah. ripping up their jackets, which had been given to them by the one and only Jackie Fargo. Uh, their violent, bloody battle set the stage for the hardcore style that would follow in the 1990s. So yet another uh, set of teams to invent ECW here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Moondog match. If, wa- if you ever watch any of the Moondog Fabs matches... Yeah, uh, yeah, that's it's hard to to argue that point too, yeah. man. They just uh, Texas tornado, bloody yeah. hangings, tables, yeah. whacking each other with a bone. Yeah. Uh, Jackie uh, Lance, Fargo gets in on uh, it. I mean, it's awesome. Lance Russell being like, oh, us and and Stan and Spot are fighting over the bone, and there they go. And it's just, oh, wasn't, man. Um, <laughs> wasn't Larry Latham in the um, concession stand brawl though, like years yeah, and years yeah. earlier? Yeah, uh, so yeah, like, yeah, that was right. Yeah, because I mean that, 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 that's kind of like a early hardcore kind of match they always uh, bring up as well. Um, anyway, uh, Moondog matches were actually the forerunners to what everyone now knows calls hardcore matches. Wrote Jerry the King Lawler on his website. <laughs> <laughs> The great thing about the Moondogs and their matches was that you never knew what to expect. Anything could happen in a Moondog match. Anything could be used as a weapon. The action would go anywhere in the arena, and someone was uh, going to end up bloody. As the WF uh, expanded in the mid-80s, the Moondogs were called for duty and filled the card, working against babyface teams like the British Bulldogs and the Killer Bees. Managed now by Mr. Fuji, the dogs got to act in various skits as the WF turned cartoonish. But though they rarely won, they worked hard and were always over with the crowds. After the WF run, uh, Booker would keep the gimmick going, primarily in the Memphis Territory, uh, with a series of partners including Moondog Spike, Bill Smithson, uh, Moondog Splat, Bubba White, terrible name, Moondog Splat, um, and Moondog Cujo, Larry Keane. There's also, you could say it's not there, but there's also Big Black Dog. Big black dog. Um, Collie would also... Collie would... Oh, I forgot about this. He would go on to form Demolition, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, though he was ousted early because the hardcore WF fans recognized him as Rex. He continued to work uh, primarily overseas until 1995 when he stopped wrestling and ran a bail bond company. White's life spiraled down after the US ban. 
but he cleaned up his drug and alcohol habit with the help of a treatment clinic in Montreal and returned to Newfoundland, where uh, he has run. <laughs> Sorry for laughing. Uh, unsuccessfully for several levels of political office, and there ends the there ends the bio. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he became a dog catcher or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 just, I, I just love that it, it basically ended in failure for him. Uh, Moondog Moondog's, Moondog's Splat, it should have been the name of the Moondog that got hit by the car after he got hit by the car. <laughs> That's the greatest little in-joke in the era of kayfabe. You know, where they're like, he got hit yeah. by a car. I mean, it was to say, you know, well, he was getting old, so we took him to a farm upstate. <laughs> I'm glad somebody got that. <laughs> so, uh, as this match started, Lou Albano was uh, back in action. We hadn't seen him for a while. No, and, no. Yeah, what was it? What was this all about? Well, he was shouting. He he just didn't like the idea of Martel and Guerrilla even being announced. Exactly. I know this is awesome. <laughs> um, and then Vince on commentary. It was like, uh, of course, moon, the Moondog, Rex and King. Rex, that's the nicer looking one, he says. Yes. And he says the uh, the Moondogs make the Samoans look like choir boys. That's how yes. tough they are. And then uh, in a strange moment, and he's on his own, don't forget, he goes, pow-wow, no, bow-wow. And then he says himself, no, boo, and then boos his own joke. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 wrote, I wrote this. It's, just, it's the greatest, because it's like, it's like, this, like, this is like me performing. Uh Yes, the moon dog's having a bit of a powwow, or is it a powwow? And then he pauses and goes, yeah. no, no, boo, boo. I'm just like, oh, I've never felt closer to Vince in my life. Yeah. I was like, man, he stole Johnny's joke, that asshole. <laughs> the most human Vince moment of all time. So, um, Pete, why don't you break this down for us? Okay, we have Martel and Gurria versus the Moondogs. Even though Parr spoiled it about 81 that the uh, Moondogs are winning the title, this never would have happened on Kelly's watch. But, but we'll, we'll, we'll go on. Um, of course, we already talked about Albano's, uh, Albano's uh, pre-match, which is just freaking awesome. Uh, early on, we see the Moondogs using their strength early while Martel counters with his speed by busting out some arm drags, drop kicks, etc., Rinse and repeat again, except Guria gets in on the action. Moondog Rex uh, uses his bulk, and uh, Guria counters uh, with a uh, suplex. The faces are on uh, a shine by working the leg. Guria in, and he's still on the leg. As a fun uh, missed tag by the Moondogs, which is uh, which is really cool. Um, and again, Martel tags in, and is still on the leg. So the faces obviously are working this leg. They're taking it to town. Uh Finally, the Moondog, uh, uh, that Martel off the, okay, finally the Moondogs cut Martel off and begins a face in peril section here. Um, Moondogs are going after Martel's back with some fun work. Eventually, Moondog King, uh, clamps on a nerve hold on the back, which is kind of lame. Um, but, I mean, so far this is so much better than that, sh- that shitty fucking Samoan matches. Uh, Martel, uh, is, uh, gone to fire. But gets, uh, what's this? Oh, I can't read my writing. Uh, but gets on, uh, gets over to the tag. He can't continue to work on the back. We see a nice backbreaker followed up to a knee, uh, to Martel's back. Martel fires back. Uh, we see a nice, an, uh, nice axe handle to the back on Martel. 
Hot Tag Gurria. This uh, was really starting to go. Uh, I really, it was, but it was a little clunky with the hot tag when he goes in between the legs. It was a little, eh. Uh, but Gurria comes in on fire. Gurria has a king in an abdominal stretch. Rex um, bashes Gurria with the bone for the DQ. Gurria is busted open and is blind. And which is kind of a really cool spot because he can't see anything because the blood's all in his eyes. Martel kind of becomes his eyes for him and grabs Martel, grabs Gurria, and is like kind of telling him where to kick and stuff and using him. So I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty neat and stuff. Overall, a pretty damn good match, and this is the, by far the best match we've seen Martel and Gurria. And I mean, I've been saying you know, the Samoans are dragging them down because those guys are working hard. This is an easy, I'd say, a three-star match. Really good, good stuff from the guys. Johnny. Uh, yeah, uh, Mc, uh, Albano, no, 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 you know, just it, it, because he doesn't even want to know, or he haven't acknowledged that Gurria and Martel are the champs, and apparently, you know, he's being his fair-weather self, the Samoans were on the card earlier, but not managed by him anymore, yeah, Vince has said that, you know, yeah, yeah. he's moved on uh, to the Moondogs, and yes, and while I do like the Samoans more than anyone else here, Oh, good lord, are the Moondogs better? <laughs> so much better. So much Night better. Night day. You know, like I said, I'm in love with the Samoans because I grew up with the Samoans, you know, and and it's more like that kind of thing. But as far as, like, in the ring, oh, god damn, the Moondogs are a million times better. And uh, I love how uh, Tony Gurria has that bit of an old school, he's like a dancer, in the ring, performing his moves, you know, like he puts a little flourish on stuff, like he's Ricky Star, you know, <laughs> he's doing drop kicks and landing on his feet. <laughs> that, that was really neat. Um, this was a lot of fun. I thought the moon, you could tell at first they were like feeling each other out in the way of like there were a couple of missed spots and arm drags, you know, because they're just working together, you know, for the first time probably. And uh, so these matches are only going to get better. Mm. But yeah, that that spot at the end after the DQ, where they just like fuck it, I'm gonna hit you with my bone. <laughs> See, I love that the Moon Dogs are, are supposed to actually be dogs. You know, they have bones and you know Rex and King. You know, they bark. And as far as it was, like, there's not Moon Dog Rover. You know, just, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> but that the spot you got you were talking about, Pete, where. Uh, Gurria's blinded by his own blood, and Martel picks him up from behind, and some kick now, kick now. All I could think of was the episode of the original, there was a two-parter, a Speed Racer cartoon uh, from the 60s, the Japanese one, uh, where they're on the big race, and they crash, and Racer X and yes. Speed... One of them, one of them, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. One of them can't walk, and the other one is blind. So they yeah. team together in the car to to finish the race together yes. by, by being one being the one's legs and one being the other's eyes. And uh, that's all I thought of right there. Like, oh, that was like that awesome speed racer when I was <laughs> when I was nine. Uh, yeah, one uh, awesome match. Crowd fucking. Completely over the top for uh, the baby faces. A uh, lot of fun. I enjoyed this a lot. It could it could also be a Gene Wilder Richard Pryor. I know. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. Oh, that, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, this one totally snuck up on me. Uh, I loved it. This was a this was a great tag match. Maybe the best um, tag match we've seen, uh, you know, of anybody so far. Um, and one reason why this one snuck up on me is because um, I too have the tag teams book uh, by Oliver and Johnson. Actually, I checked it out from the library a few weeks ago. And in the Tony Gria, Tony Gria has his own section basically because right he had four partners mm-hmm. anyway in the tony Gria section there's this bit where rick martell's uh talking about tony and uh so he goes on we were at the garden one time and we had a match against the moon dogs and the match didn't really go right um mm. let's see listen okay and then i remember tony got on all four of us together in the back and said listen we can't be doing these type of matches um, for the Moondogs, it was their first match at the Garden, and they didn't want to sell much. We had a lousy match because of that. Oh, man, I remember Tony really called them out on that in the dressing room. Fuck oh. you guys. If you think that's the way to work a fucking match, fuck, our program is going to be short-lived. He really got on those guys. <laughs> and then he goes on about how this was an example of Tony's leadership. But obviously, this was not the match. Um, it could have been. You know, what, what wrestlers? What wrestlers? What wrestlers see compared to what we see sometimes is True. two different things. I'm just thinking it was a different match. But like I think you know how wrestlers exaggerate. It's like the fish story. You know, the fish gets bigger and bigger. Instead of Martel telling you know where they really wrestled, he made it. He embellished it instead of was at the garden. Because I looked and they they wrestled uh, twice before this, uh, <laughs> three nights before this, and a night I think two nights before. In smaller towns. So I'm thinking that was where they had the bad match. And by the time they got to this match, um, they had corrected things. Because the Moondogs definitely sell uh, in that this is, match. That is proper scholarship, Kelly. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought, I, yes, it is. <laughs> Isn't it? But I had to correct that. Because going into this match with that quote in my mind, thinking, okay, this match is going to blow. Because uh, that's how Rick Martel remembered it. But obviously he was remembering a previous match and not this garden match. Uh, thankfully for us, because this match turned out to rock. Uh, it, was, it was awesome. Albana wearing the blue jeans to, to match his, uh, his uh, charges is always cool. I like how he does that uh, later when he's managing um, Saito and Fuji. He'll start wearing a Japanese, a Japanese wardrobe. I'm forever um, in blue jeans. <laughs> yes. Except his blue jeans weren't all tattered up. He just had regular. <laughs> he didn't go didn't go all out in the in the tattered jeans uh, aspect. But um, the crowd was super hot for this. Um, Moondog King uh, is really good, by the mm. way. Um, mm. He was like super energetic, just really into into the gimmick, right? The barking, doing everything. Um, uh, Moondog Rex is good too, uh, but yeah, way better than the Simones. Just so much, you know, faster paced. And it's funny because these guys just started as a team, I think, a couple months before this. And the Samoans had been teaming together for uh, several years, so there's that, too. Uh, Martel looked like a million bucks. Gurria looked great. I mean, everyone looked great in this match. Vince on commentary was super into it, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, and the blood at the end, I wasn't expecting that either. And it sets up for for, uh, more matches in the series. Uh, So, yeah, I, I was really impressed by this one. Well, I gotta I, say, I gotta say, if Gurria was ripping the shit out of uh, the Moon Dogs, I'd hate to hear what the hell he was doing to the Samoans. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> and I, I, well, also, now you tell me that story, Kelly. I wonder what the hell he said to Cal. 
Carl Rudman. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of those terrible interview segments uh, that he's had to see. <laughs> uh, listen, mate. Uh, listen, mate. You know, I, I believe they have something called a restraining order. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know if I've been alone here, but I have. I really, since the Valiants have left, have hated the tag division in WF. Um, basically, in the, for the entire run where the Samoans were the tag champs, the tag match felt like the kind of, you know, the ship break match, basically. Yeah. Like, um, so it's so good to have now watchable tag matches again. Um, I also thought that the Gorilla worked this match. Gorilla looked really good in this match. But do you notice that Martel was basically the one who carried the workload? So Gurria is kind of working very smart here as the older partner. You know, he picked his spots to come in, you know, the drop kicks and the leg work. But ultimately, it was Martel who was doing, you know, probably 70% of the work. That's that's traditional when you have the younger guy and the older guy. Because I remember that's what Tom Zank claimed why he, uh, one of the reasons he left was because Martel was getting paid more, but he was doing all the selling while Martel got the hot tag for all the glory, mm. which to me is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard of life when it's <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> you know, but whatever. Yeah, well, but that's why Tom Zenk is Tom Zenk and Rick Martel yeah. is Rick Martel, right? Exactly. Um, and the, the only other notes I've got here is, uh, since when in wrestling have refs been so diligent to actually check to see if someone's got a foreign object? I mean, how many times have we seen it where that spot happens, where the ref is just like, oh, what happened there? The guy's knocked out, but uh, I'm not going to... So that was unusual to see the ref actually go and check, find the bone, and then give the DQ. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you don't see that uh, so often. Well, it's because that was the finish. And yeah, yeah obvi- obviously it's because it was the finish. Yeah, but yeah. It was kind but, yeah, of like... No, I... it, so many times that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. Also, I thought it was a smart finish because the Moon Dogs get to retain their heat without actually jobbing here. I think it would have been a mistake to have them pinned at this point. Um, oh. All right, well, good match, I think, all round. Uh, I, I'm about where you are, P, about three stars, which is so much better than the sorts of matches we have been seeing in that. Oh, yeah, I mean, those Samoans. I mean, like, Martin Gurria, those last couple were working so freaking hard, and the Samoans just sucked. They're just not learning, not to be a dead horse, but God, they weren't even coming close to carrying their end. Yeah, and it, it, and which makes it even weirder that the Samoans end up coming back uh, for me. They, money, they grew money just because he sucked. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. money. I guess. That was on my card. I guess. I So, next match now, um, wearing a nice red jacket, and he, he seems like he hasn't had a haircut in a while, Bob Backlund, <laughs> with uh, with a golden boy, Arnold Scarland, and um, according to Vince, this is not your friendly local ice cream man here, uh, Killer Khan, uh, yes. making his uh, Titans debut, Kelly? Yeah. Um, yes. From, uh, from Upper Mongolia, as opposed to Lower Mongolia. Being managed by uh, Fred Blassie. So, <laughs> um, 
Uh, Kelly, have you got a bio for uh, Mr. Khan? Yes, yes, of course I do. Yes, uh, billed from Upper Mongolia, but actually from Japan. Uh, he was born Masashi Azawa, March 6th, 1947. And as far as I know, this is a bio I had to totally piece together just from the stats. I, I actually, this is the ones I prefer to do because... I basically get to construct the narrative uh, piece by piece. Can, can, uh, can I, can I, I just... mean, as, a, as opposed to Parv, who plagiarizes? Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't plagiarize. I, I'm, I'm very open about about uh, acknowledging my sources and lifting my bios wholesale. That's true. You <laughs> so, yeah, right. yeah, here's Parv. Here's Parv. So t- this night in the garden, it was the best of times. It was the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, can I just can I just say can I just um isn't it ironic all of the fake Japanese people in wrestling (laughs) and the one (laughs) one guy who's actually Japanese pretends to be Mongolian it's like (laughs) I know I love how wrestling uh, used to be that way or even still is to this day Uh, so yeah he's Japanese Uh, he trained in the New Japan Dojo which meant he had to be a pretty tough motherfucker to get through that. Um, right at the, the early days of uh, New Japan. This was 1973. Uh, I believe Carl Gotch would have been maybe, was he like the head of the dojo? If you know uh, Carl Gotch, he was, you know, a famous sort of uh, legit uh, wrestler uh, in America. Shooter. Shooter, yeah. Like a Billy Robinson, like a Luthez. Anyway, known as the god of wrestling in Japan. And so... He debuted in 1973. Another site has him debuting in 1971, but, you know, that's how it is. Uh, the first date I have for him is March 30th, 1973, losing to Shoji Kai in Tokyo. And in his early years, he was basically, you know, the New Japan equivalent of a jobber to the stars. Uh, beat a few uh, guys, but lost most uh, to all the uh, push guys, the stars. And early on, though, he defeated El Santo a few times in Japan. Mm. Mm. Sounds impressive. But then when I clicked on the name El Santo, I came up uh, with the beginnings of an interesting story. For you see, this wasn't the the El Santo. This was the Japanese version of El Santo, (laughs) um, who was actually Chinese. And right. maybe born in Mexico anyway. El, El, wait, wait. El Slanto? Oh! oh boom! Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, man. I, I, I apologize. I, I, I apologize for my racially insensitive uh, joke, but I, I had, had to be done. Don't know if I should uh, laugh or cry. That, that, that's, so, that's so wrestling, though, again, isn't it? The, the, I know. El Santo well, is actually Chinese. Though, <laughs> the story behind this one is funny. Um, the guy who was playing El Santo's name was Felipe Ham Lee. Um, he, was, he was Chinese. He wrestled in Mexico for years. He was actually a big star in the 50s and 60s. His cousin and was Tiger Chung Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not sure if he was born in Mexico. Uh, he He's definitely Chinese by, by looking at him, by looking at the pictures. But he spent a ton of time in Mexico. Anyway, him and some other uh, guys from Mexico went to Japan on a, on a tour at this time. And I think the tour got canceled. 
that they were supposed to be on, and so they ended up being stuck in Japan with no money to get back to Mexico. So <laughs> in order to uh, get some money to pay for a flight, uh, a promoter basically forced them to wrestle as El Santo and bill them as El Santo, like almost like a blackmail situation. You know, um, if you wrestle as El Santo on these cards, we'll give you the money and you can go back to Mexico. So that's what happened. He wrestled as El Santo. And although, but word got back to Mexico. Um, and uh, by the, when Ham Lee uh, got back to Mexico, he was in big shit, apparently, for for being the fake El Santo in Japan in 1973. Um, so there's one of those wild stories that, that come about. That, that might be the best thing ever on this show. <laughs> Right now, yeah, just while looking, I found this amazingly fucked up yeah, story. I know, it's it was, fantastic. It's totally by accident. But that's what happens when you start combing through the results. You start seeing these names, and then you get curious, like, who is this, and why, and it just keeps you, going and going. Are you having to go, Kelly, again? This is, the, this is what happens when you do actual research. <laughs> no, no, honestly, I'm not. I, I'm not, no, I would never say that. <laughs> No, this is just what I do, Parv. I'm I'm addicted to, to you know obscure research. Uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 my thing. It's my disease. Um, anyway, so yes. Um, uh, what was his name? <laughs> Masashi Azawa wrestled the fake El Santo in 1973. Um, in in late 73, he started working in uh, tags with various partners. Um, and here's another thing that came up, and uh, I'm just going to mention this because Titans of Wrestling needs more mentions of the Maguire twins. But in 1974, uh, <laughs> he, um, Ozawa was in a tag match against the Maguire Twins a few times. Um, and, of course, the Maguire Twins famous for being, uh, you know, the world's fattest twins, I guess. Maybe they were billed as in the 70s. Um, I think they maybe we brought them up at some point in the past. I'm sure we did. Yeah. Famous oh, for riding motorcycles. I yeah, I think you did, Johnny. The famous picture of them riding the motorcycles is that were too tiny for them. <laughs> Uh, did, I think there's did, some footage. Did, didn't Harley Race have something to do with those guys at some point? I, I can't remember now. He was involved with a fat man at some point. Oh, no, that was uh, Hard Boiled Haggerty, was that his name? Yeah. That he had to bathe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was so, right. so I think um, Azawa had to bathe the Maguire twins, or somebody was bathing them. Anyway. Uh, we can make up a scenario with them and Cal in a hotel uh, uh, later yeah, on in the show. The spectrum. It's the holiday in. <laughs> the holiday in. Go on. Over so, there. Yeah. Be sure to get underneath the flaps. Oh, very good. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Cal is so <laughs> creepy. <laughs> oh, you get, get underneath his arms there, uh, Tojo. And, uh, mm. Look at that. Oh. Yeah. Goes it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to Azawa. He was strictly New Japan through most of the 70s. Um, he was pushed a bit. Uh, he was in the finals of the Carl Gotch Cup, uh, whatever that was. Uh, lost to uh, Tatsumi Fujinami in 1974. So that you know meant he was getting pushed a bit. But then his career began to sputter. Uh, between 75 and 78, there's there's not many results at all, and the ones we do have are basically the jobber to the stars, or almost an outright jobber sort of uh, sort of thing. So by 78, he definitely needed a change, and he got a new lease on life 
He went to the States in 1979 and debuted the Killer Khan gimmick. Although in 1978 in Mexico, he wrestled apparently as Timojan El Mongol. And Timojan means, uh, was actually Kangas Khan's real name or original name. So it sounds like he was doing the, the Kangas or the Killer Khan type gimmick in Mexico first in 1978. So in 79, he arrived in Florida, uh, immediately teaming with Pac Song, another name from uh, prior Titans episodes, a very uh, yep. awkward-looking fellow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. The, the, the catalyst in the Dusty Rhodes uh, face turn in, in 1974, or one of them anyway. Big star in Florida. Big star in Florida. I thought he was dead by then for some reason. I thought he died really young. But he was dead by 1979. <laughs> Apparently not. Or maybe this is the fake pack song. You know, I... I, I <laughs> did, did, did you guys he's see played, that? He's played by a Scandinavian. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you see that post I made the other day where I uh, I just assumed that what man gang is dead? He's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Again, I hear that. But that is a total easy one to, to mix up because it seems like he should be dead. Yeah, he does. For some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, tangent. That's okay, but that's a good one. Um, so he teamed with Pac Song. They won a tournament for the Florida version of the United States Tag Team titles right quickly um, by beating Wayne Ferris and Larry Latham in the finals. Hey, and, Ryan. of course, there we go, the Blonde Bombers. Uh, I believe that was their name, wasn't it? Yeah, Blonde yeah. Bombers. Yeah, and Larry Latham, the future Moondog Spot in the concession stand brawl. Uh, team in 79. Uh, they only held the titles for 17 days, losing to Mike Graham and Steve Karen. Uh, a blowjob tag team, definitely, for, uh, 1979 Florida, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, it looks like Khan feuded with Jack Briscoe in 79. They had an Asian death match, June 11th, at the West, in West Palm Beach. Asian death um, right. <laughs> Asian death match. Um, he was in a lot of tags, a lot of uh, six-man tags, eight-man tags. Uh, he wrestled Dusty quite a bit. He wrestled Sweet Brown Sugar uh, quite a lot. Um, definitely seen that name a lot over the years. Don't think I've ever seen a match of his, but I love the name. Um, and I'm assuming the gimmick was, was quite awesome. Um, by the end of 79, Khan was in Georgia. And at first, he wrestled uh, a young Bret Hart pretty much on a nightly basis uh, for his first few weeks there. Uh, Bret um, was doing basically jobber duty in Georgia at that time. And he feuded with Bob Armstrong in Georgia. They had a karate match together. They had a judo jacket match together. Um, feuded with Mr. Wrestling 2 in 1980. Uh, he also wrestled in Southeastern at this time. Of course, the precursor to Continental. Mm. Um, and that's where he carried over his feud with Bar Bob Armstrong there. Uh, March 1980, he debuted in Mid-South and worked with pretty much all the top guys, Stevie Aussie, JYD, Dusty, Wahoo. Um, I think he feuded with Stevie Aussie because they wrestled quite a few times. And then, uh, for us, he debuted in WWF October 21st, 1980 in Allentown. Uh, defeating my boy Steve King, first night in the territory. And as was mentioned, he's ma managed by Freddie Blassie, and he's part of the Blassie's Beauties stable with Hulk Hogan, uh, Stan Larry and Hanson, and the Hangman. 
Anybody? No. <laughs> That's a total inside joke right there <laughs> that only we get, and maybe not all of us get. But anyway, Blackie managed all those guys at the time, and they should have had a, that name. What a stable. I, oh, it, it, on paper, it would have been an awesome stable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so after that, I don't know, I guess I can go into a bit of his post-WWF career. Um, not to spoil it, but in 1981, he does have a big feud uh, coming up. Uh, I won't say with who. And in 1982, he was back to Japan, and he was part of the the legendary uh, Choshu, Ricky Choshu Army team. Uh, what were they? Is it Ishin Gundan? Some, something like that? So I don't know how to pronounce it, but it was a legendary feud where, where Choshu was like the young guy who broke away and and feuded with Fujinami and Antonio Inoki. And it was kind of the beginning of the whole um, like gang war type uh, feuds mm. you have in Japan for, for years and years and years. Um, in 1984, Khan ended up in world class and was part of the Von Erichs versus Freebirds feud. Uh, I'm thinking Peter Johnny may have a bit to add about that, maybe? Yeah, they, they brought him over from Japan. He was their secret, the Freebirds secret weapon. Yeah. Uh, he showed uh, Kerry Gordy the Oriental Spike, um, and then eventually he, they split. They split up, joined uh, Devastation Inc. And they Kerry Gordy and him had that awesome uh, blood match, uh, uh, Texas Death Match that I think was uh, balloting for the WCCW uh, Death Valley Driver pull. Was it the Oriental Spike or the Asiatic Spike? Oh, the Oriental Spike. Okay. <laughs> and I thought I thought I thought Brian Adidas yeah Brian Adidas had the Asiatic tool or something like that right <laughs> yeah I remember that <laughs> yeah I need to see that match with Gordy I've seen it <laughs> this is a moon dog yes, uh, I've, I've got that. a moon dog in my basement <laughs> yeah I've seen that Gordy match get pimped quite a bit I got to see that someday that's awesome um, yeah. Khan's last run uh, was basically in the WWF again in 1987. Um, yeah. I was watching at this time. He uh, spewed green mist in Outback Jack's face on TV. I remember seeing that. And that was pretty much the end of uh, Outback Jack as a as a push wrestler anyway. He was pretty much a straight jobber after that. Uh, he worked with Hogan in uh, yep. quite a few times. I saw it. I saw oh, it. Oh, right. Special. Yes, I knew that. Right, that story where you were booing, uh, yes, booing the faces all night. That was an awesome story, by the way. Yeah, that was know. when we made the kid cry, and at the end of the yeah. match, uh, a grown man hocked <laughs> a loogie on me. So. Yes. <laughs> that was ultimate. So that would have been the September eighteenth, nineteen eighty-seven show in Philly. I assume that's right. Yeah, that's right. It was the only time they wrestled in Philly. Uh, they wrestled in Boston too, but they didn't wrestle at Madison Square Garden. And his final match appears to have been December 1st, 1987, against Jake Roberts in Phoenix. And that was it. He's, he, he quit right then. He was only 40. And he currently owns a restaurant in Tokyo, apparently. <laughs> what do they say? they Mongolian food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, Mongolian it's, barbecue in Tokyo. <laughs> just, a, just a couple of notes on Killer Khan here. Um... <laughs> Well, no, number one, uh, I actually thought that he was way older than that when he, yeah. because he seems older than 40 to me. <laughs> like, he looks it. D- d- don't you think? Like, Killer uh, Card? 
in a lot yeah, of the by, time. by 1987, yeah. Because, yeah. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah. Seems like an older guy. Um, also, wasn't uh, it wasn't there a thing with Killer Khan like being on every single DVD-R set for ages? I know it's been broken now, but right up until the AWA. And then he, he never worked AWA, right? Oh, and in fact, I did a no. bit. I did and he, a, he didn't make Memphis either. Oh, he didn't make Memphis. Oh yeah, yeah. no Memphis never wrestled Which there. Which is shocking because in Lawler's book, he mentions how Killer oh, Khan right, right. doesn't sell his shots like he did in Memphis, but there was no footage or mention of Khan at all in, uh, on the Memphis footage we all watched. Um, I did start a thread on um, on the <laughs> AWA <laughs> on the AWA sub forum of Kayfabe Memories, one of our favorite little boards. <laughs> I said, I said, did Killer Khan ever work the AWA? And uh, Clawmaster, famous uh, guy in certain circles, said, I don't think he did. Choshu came in for one card, the team with Sato, uh, Barber, Jumbo, Tiger Mask, Masawa, Strong Kobayashi. Great uh, Kuatsu, Tenryo, Kim, Duck, Higo, uh, Kabuki, and probably a few others I'm forgetting. Some of them were actually Korean, all came in. Killer Khan did not. Khan would have been great. I really liked him. And then the only other person to comment said he would have been a good fit for the Sheik's army and to face Sergeant Slaughter. And that was it. So there we go. <laughs> Yeah, I know you've been. I think you've been. I know you've been out of the loop part, but I think Clawmaster is now posting on PWO as the Claw. Oh, is he yes. really? Is he really? Yeah, he's made some comments in the microscopes and stuff. Oh, great! Well, he's he's a like I in my mind he's a big name. But there we are. Um, the, 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 my other little note well, compared on... to Jerry Von Kramer, maybe you know. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah. Or um, uh, who's that guy? Big name. He's a big name in the internet message boards. Yeah, he's a big draw on the internet message board. <laughs> well, 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 Clawmaster's a bigger name than, than the, the Jizz, or whatever he used his name for. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank God he's gone, man. Um, I, I, no, I, the, my other note on Killer Khan was, um, so like, 1980, quite a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment in the US. Um, he decides to change to be Mongolian. He's only about 750 years out of date there. I mean... Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I was alive in 1980. I don't remember there being any sort of big anti-Japanese well, feelings. Well, wasn't there a big anti-Japanese thing in the 80s? Because uh, because they were, they were, they were, the economy was... They were doing well in yeah, the economy. Like 86. And kind of like 85, maybe? 85? 86. And it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of one of those, you know, buy American... You know, it was, it was, well, there was no big... No, I, hold on, but I think there was residual anti-Japanese sentiment from the war, wasn't there? Pearl Harbor no. and all that, no? Well, yeah, that's that why they had Japanese I mean, that, that's, what, that's like basically what Mr. Fuji and Mr. Uh, Sato were doing, you know? They, they were still kind of living off that... By that of, point, by that point, they were just, you know, sneaky <laughs> Asians. Trust me, yeah, people, people, people weren't, trust me, people weren't still... The only people harboring any ill feelings about World War II uh, at that time were people who actually fought in it. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it, it no, it didn't exist. You know? I, okay. Everyone's like, no rules? Atari. <laughs> you, know? you know what else rules? You know, everything from Japan. <laughs> right, well, um, I, but I was just like, what's his thinking about, like, kid, like a Mongolian, like, was there any people who really disliked Mongolia okay. still in the world? No, but <laughs> it, no, it, like it, you it, said, it, like, 
Yeah, it's unique, like you said. He could have been just one of a million other Japanese wrestlers, or he, or he could do this because he could grow the mustache. But he does stand. I mean, to be fair, he does stand out. Okay, um, he worked that gimmick great, you know. Yeah, yeah. and he looks. He doesn't look Mongolian, so fair enough. Um, he looks about as Mongolian as uh, John Wayne did in The Conqueror. <laughs> well, well, you know, you're easy. You're beautiful in your wrath. All you, all you need to do is to look Mongolian is to have one of those little ponytails, like the ponytail that he's got exactly. and, a, and a mustache. And a uh, dumb outfit. You know, like, you know, no one in Mongolia was still wearing clothes like that in 1980, you know. That's what I'm saying, like, his, his gimmick is from, like, 12, like a 1250 Mongolian Golden Horde member, you know. <laughs> Bizarre. Boy, dumb pointy hat. Um... Yeah, and I just had a quick. I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but uh, on the last show, you guys, um, do you remember we were, we were talking about uh, Cal traveling through time? Uh, yeah. Rudman, uh, and I, I did have a little thought um, while I was listening. Can you imagine if Cal ever did uh, Quantum Leap, the sort of stuff he would get up to as, uh, as, as, he, as he jumped into each of the characters? I can, I can oh, safely boy. say no. I never thought about that. You know? <laughs> I think they should make it. Quantum Leap, Carl Rudd. Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. Anyway, um, let's uh, let's get on. I to this. find myself in a different body everywhere I go, and I look look at those eyes. I've got beautiful eyes. How would he say, and, "Oh boy"? How would oh, he say, boy. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Each one is, "Oh boy." Look at me. I'm a beautiful Southern Belle. Oh, what? You just like wrestling. There was a wrestling episode of Quantum Leap once. Yeah. Yes, there was. A Terry Funk, Funk yeah. Was Russian uh, heel tag team. Was, uh, Russian heel tag team. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we have to do that as a special. I want to watch <laughs> that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we do, well, she watched like a few like wrestling-related... Uh, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, yeah. the Jesse Ventura, Roddy Piper thing. She watched that as well one time. Oh. Yeah, I have that Same on a team. comp. Yeah. <laughs> of course you do. I can upload it. I can always upload it for you guys. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Tag team, is that what it's called? Yeah, tag yeah. team. Let's get, up, uh, let's get on to this match then. Killer Khan's the number one contender. Okay, uh, me, I just want to throw two things in before we get to the match. Because uh, I don't think I'm going to be around for the Inoki match. Oh. I was telling these guys, far for a rip, we should all not watch the match and let you be the only one who watched it. <laughs> but we did do that. But also, did you guys see uh, Chris Harrington's Ultimate Warrior 1987 to 1980, 1992 draw uh, numbers? No. No. Okay, so I guess no one's reading our own Twitter feed since I retweeted it. Um, <laughs> not, not for a few days. Nope. Okay. Um, number uh, four in 1987, the draw was Killer Khan, averaging 9,420 people. Yeah. Wow. Ahead of him was. Yeah, and I think probably Andre, too. Uh, number one was Kamala. Number two was Hogan. Three was One Man Gang. And then Killer Khan was number four. Wow. wow. A little interesting stat. Yeah. Not just to save it all for Kelly, throwing out some stats. Thank you. All right, uh, to match you. Okay, go on, Barb. Um, well, 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 hold on. What do you want me to say? I, I thought you were going to say something before I rudely cut you off. Oh no! So well, no, I, I, well, it's just that Vince said that he's the number one contender, and I just written here. How the hell do they work that one out? He just turned up out of nowhere, and he's, <laughs> he's the number one contender all of a sudden. 
I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed off if I was like you know um, Baron Secluder or whatever. Khan <laughs> like comes in from nowhere and he's number one contender. Are you Are you gonna argue with his 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 lovely upholstered vest and hat? <laughs> exactly. The, the, the only other thing. Uh, well, I'll, I'll let you take it away, Pete. Go on. Okay. Uh, back on Khan. Khan with the early advantage. Uh, he does this like scream and it's pretty damn eerie and bone chilling. Uh, Khan's focusing on the neck and throat with an oriental spike, a double uh, chop to the throat, a chop to the neck. Khan is really focusing on the neck uh, with a nerve hold. The nerve holds are okay, are getting kind of boring. Uh, Bob fights out and escapes Khan's clutches. Bob's fighting back. Backlund's not using his amateur stuff. He's using more roughhouse tactics than this. Khan attempts a uh, comeback to no, no avail. Bob goes for a monkey flip, but Khan um, uh, blocks it. I love how Bob grabs uh, the ponytail of Khan and rams him to the turnbuckle. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty kick-ass. Uh, battle Bob rattles off some uh, moves aimed at Khan's head, like, you know, punching him, throwing forearms, uh, just like, like, almost like concussing him in a way. And then we get some back and forth. Then, of course, we see a killer. Uh, Bob kills, uh, nails that with that killer pile driver of his. Another, man, that's a, just a sick move he does. Um, Khan cuts him off uh, with a thrust of the neck. Uh, Khan uh, uh, goes, works, uh, does some, uh, gets, throws him out of the ring, and you see Khan works some King of the Mountain spots and stuff with him. Um, Khan's uh, flying knee drop from the top rope is sick. Uh, Bob kicks out. And then I, he goes, Khan picks up Bob and he counters a body slam into a German suplex for a pin and a really beautiful looking German suplex. The kick a really cool finish that I liked. How Bob is usually pretty much using brawling tactics throughout the match. And I like how Bob reverted to his amateur skills that led to his victory while he was using his physicality during the match until the finish where he like threw everything he had at Khan and then relied on the uh, German suplex uh, for the win as opposed to, you know, knocking him out like what he was trying to do early. Uh, I really I enjoyed the match. I didn't love it, didn't hate it. I would probably say it was like two, three, four stars, uh, but I thought they worked pretty good together. Yep. Uh, Johnny, you uh, there? Yes. Ooh, just ran downstairs. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go take care of Anyway. How about that hey, German? Jimmy, you're winded like the ultimate warrior. Winded? <laughs> I know. Too soon, too soon. I'm yeah, going to give a speech. I'm going to give a very weird speech and then keel, keel over. Uh, <laughs> how about that German suplex to win by Bob Backlund? He just crushed him. Just crushed him. I was in, at, first, at first, it started, I'm like, it's okay. It's kind of neat seeing Bob getting goozled. Uh, from the beginning, and uh, then I sort of was losing interest, and then it just really picked up for me, and it was a real back-and-forth battle, and uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of nerve holds either, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, you know, it kind of looked like he's like, do you have a knot in your neck? Let me just, oh, yeah, how does that feel? You know, usually, now see, now usually if you get an Asian massage... You know, it ends a little differently. But... Yeah, you, you end up with a stiffy and... Uh... Uh, killer killer con standing over you going, you know, $40. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be and, the uh... 
I don't even know what you'd call that. Yes, I do. I I, I just feel like you had a five-star match with Terry Gordy. You go ahead, sir. (laughs) 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 You you do what needs to be done. (laughs) Yeah, I love the match. I love uh, crazy Bob Backlund at the end. He's leaving the ring. He comes, he grabs the the, the microphone. I'm here! (laughs) <laughs> just insane <laughs> that was a fun match that was a lot of fun uh, uh, definitely clash of styles but uh, I think by the, the back end of it was it about 12 minutes long Yeah, I think by the back the back end of it they got their shit together and, uh, and it was uh, really really entertaining Kelly yeah yeah this one came out of nowhere for me too I wasn't um, expecting too much for whatever reason uh, this was different than most of the backland matches we've seen. Definitely one of the shorter ones, but it worked. I mean, it was intense. Um, lots of big spots throughout. Um, yeah, I forgot about Khan screaming <laughs> before that. Then I was watching it. I was like, oh, yeah, right. That was part of his gimmick, the screaming. Um, but it works. Yeah, it's creepy, like Pete said. Um, we got to see the big-ass pile driver, the big-ass oh, yeah. atomic drop. Um I loved uh, the the knee off the top to the pin for the two count, which may be the the closest to a three count Bob's ever uh, given up that we've seen. Mm. And the crowd and, gasped. And, and the crowd gasped because the last time a champion yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, took a top rope knee drop from an evil yes. foreigner. Yes. Bruno Ivan. Yeah. Yep. Good, good point, exactly. uh, Johnny. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I think, and they played. You know, they used. I'm that. sure. I'm sure they didn't think about it either. Yeah, I doubt it either. Yeah, <laughs> that was a wacky coincidence. True, but definitely <laughs> there was a lot in the crowd that that would have caught that. Super, um, super smart MSG crowd. Yeah, but there was like an audible gasp. I no, there was. Yeah. Count. Yeah. There's that one old lady who sits in the front. I guarantee she fucking remembered it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they they made Khan look really strong here. Uh, he, you know, he wasn't put away by the pile drive. He wasn't put away by the atomic drop. Um, Bob had to bust out the German suplex, which I, I don't know if he's used that before. He, I know he uses it in the future, for sure. I'm, I'm sure uh, we. I think we've seen it at least once before the German. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think for a pin yet. But um, uh, yeah, because I guarantee he worked it into the Anoki matches. I want to say yeah. I want to say German Harley Race at one point as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say Harley Race. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was you know he had to resort to something different to put Khan away. Khan was you know still in control when that happened. Uh, the crowd was super hot for this one too. This is this was a sneaky good Bob Backlund match. Um, mm. That's yeah. Um, it's up there. I, I really liked it. Well, because uh, it was like really different because it wasn't yeah. like Bob grabbing an arm and row, row, rowing. Yeah. He wasn't grabbing exactly. a leg, row, row, rowing. Yeah, it was none of that. straight up yeah. like, like him brawling, but then he, you know, like I said, he reverted yeah. to his, 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 his skill set, which is amateur wrestling, and nails that beautiful German suplex. Yep. Well, yep. yeah, I, I mean, I, I've got more or less the same uh, notes here. Um, Khan's facials, of course, is something to see. Uh, he's yeah. got. Uh, quite wild expressions but um yeah Backlund showed a lot more vulnerability and much less struggle than usual during the heat sequence didn't yep. get didn't get a shine sequence at all um so this had a very different structure from the normal bob matches that we've seen 
And then when he took when Backlund took over on offense, it was a lot more strikes and brawling from him than we used to. It's, it's basically like he'd come to fight today, you know. Oh, that great uppercut, that great uppercut yeah. when he was in the nerve hold. That even Vince went like, oh, hey, that was still. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he he doesn't throw a bad punch, uh, Backlund. Um, and then, yeah, the pile driver, which uh, Vince uh, set called a neck breaker, I noticed on commentary. Yeah. I think I think basically because it broke uh, Khan's neck or something, I, I don't know. Um, my one little note, like, Atomic Drop, I didn't, it's not, as a finisher, it's not. it wasn't particularly protected, that move. Like, it, it, I haven't seen it yeah. result in a three-count very often. And he starts to phase it out um, probably not too much longer after this, and he brings in the chicken wing as yes. his finisher. Yes, better finisher, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah. I thought we, sh- we saw a chicken wing at WrestleMania. Yep. Yeah, did you see that? Um, yep. uh, yeah, and a yeah, German suplex, what an awesome move. Um, so, yeah, I really like this match a lot. Um, and I did... I'm asking the question, could this be a carry job, the, the, the Bob carry job, or is that a bit harsh on Killer Khan? I think that's harsh. I think Khan's yeah. really good, yeah. Yeah, Khan, I think Khan, Khan held up his end. No, he was good. Like, I thought Killer Khan was... Like, the thing is with Killer Khan, he, he, can, he can be terrible, though, right? He can have bad matches. I've seen bad Killer Khan who, matches. Who, who can? Everyone can have bad matches, you know. Um, right. I, I felt this is more of a Killer Khan-style match than... Yeah. I think Bob adapted his style to work with Khan. No, he did. I mean, yeah. it, it looked ridiculous working a mat-based <laughs> match. But I also don't think it's fair what I'm saying that Bob is all mat-based because we've seen plenty of good brawls like the Patera Texas Death yep. Match and stuff. Uh, and so uh, for that, I mean, I really shouldn't say that. But yeah, but it did feel more like a Khan specialty as opposed to a Bob specialty. Well, well, that was at least three stars for me as well, making this two three-star matches in a row, which is pretty good going on the current uh, <laughs> on the current um, quality of uh, cards that we've seen. Um, so yeah, uh, next match then. Are we ready? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to leave. I'm gonna have to leave. Uh, if you guys want to take a break or something, but yeah, I, got one I was gonna say a break. One question before I leave, Parv, who has better facial expressions, Killer Khan or you during the crying game? <laughs> well, well, all right. Yeah, I don't know. You know, hey, Pete, picture, picture the look on his face is what is in that uh, avatar exactly. that's looking at you right now. You just disdainful. Sorry, can't, sorry, can't stay around, guys. Man, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys, and uh, always having fun uh, right. goofing on the WWE, WWF in the eighties. Johnny, you're going to have to take over wrestling analysis for the rest of the show. Just no, let me know, buddy. Be, okay. <laughs> Good, okay, I'll, I'll just make shit up. <laughs> All right, if, you, if, you, if you think I took those kinds of notes. <laughs> have, 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 a good, have a good one, Pete. Later. See you, Pete.
right, and so the next match, Antonio Inoki versus Big Bob Duncombe, um, uh, who's making his return, right, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, I think just a one-off uh, return, as far as I can tell. He was gone. He hadn't been around since, what, May, I think, or so? Right. Yeah. And uh, Vince introduces this good-looking Japanese wrestling star, the number one wrestler in all of the Orient, Antonio Inoki. Orient. <laughs> which uh, sounded really quaint. Um, and, and I just like the way he said this good-looking Japanese wrestling star, as if it was our first look at him or something. It's like Anoki had been around for, what, five, six, seven years in WF at this point? Like, uh, on, on and off? Because he was involved in the Ali angle? Yeah, I think that was the first time he was ever um, was known that? to WWF. What was that, 70, 76? 76, yeah. Four years is a long time in uh, wrestling, but you he, know, especially back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was on the Shea, the showdown at Shea card, um, yeah. and every every December at this time, uh, for whatever reason, they brought over the New Japan talent for the Garden right. Show because there was a big um, connection there with Vince and New Japan at the time. And he's defending his belt here. Yep. What, what, yeah. what, what belt was that? The the New Japan. Well, that's the thing. It's announced as the world's martial arts title, but the belt he wore was the NWF title that was at the time the New Japan, the top belt in New Japan. Right. Okay. So, yeah. I don't know if there actually was a world's martial arts belt, or if maybe that's just what they referred to him in the States, I think. Yeah, Something now, like that. Now, uh, you can imagine my excitement going into this match. Um what did you think of it? But what did you think of this, uh, Johnny? In all, all honesty, uh, well, the crowd was deader than fuck uh, <laughs> for it. Um, yeah, I, you know, I can't stand Inoki and Bobby Big, Big Bob Duncan can be okay. Uh, it ended up not being that bad uh, at all, <laughs> actually. Um, they. Uh, the whole idea, he's the world martial arts champ. I'm like, yeah, well, a whole lot of martial arts going on in this fucking match. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like I, I mentioned, uh, or you know, I was going to say, is, uh, you mentioned why why would they bring in Duncan back for this? It's because if this is being aired for Japanese television, you want to have Antonio Inoki in a, w, in a New York or Madison Square Garden ring beating up a cowboy. You know, that's... It, it doesn't get much <laughs> more Japanese than that. You want know, to beat up big American cowboys. Um, yeah, it was it was you know, back and forth. A lot of like you know karate thrusts to the head of Duncan. You know that that's about as martial arts as it got. And uh, apparently, Duncan bladed. And didn't get juice. Yes, I saw. And, I and, yeah, until the end. Because Vince, Vince kept coming on. He was like, oh, ugly gash above you know, his eye. But it's not yeah. bleeding. And, I think it was uh, a hard it, way. Was it a hard way? I think okay. so. Because it was really early in the match. It, there was like no point for him to blade like one That's minute true. into That's the match. True. And by yeah. the end of it, he was bleeding. Yeah, finally uh, by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was getting that you know image of the... the Tommy Dreamer with uh, Cactus Jack trying to break him up in hard way. Yeah. <laughs> Stop hitting me, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
I, I, I was watching it, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm not completely bored. I, I sat through an Anoki match where normally I always usually, you know, usually something happens. You know, <laughs> you know my TV breaks, the, the DVD skips, you know, <laughs> I, or something. I, I, you know, well, never, sir. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always out of my hands. But I actually watched this Anoki match. And, uh, but uh, what was the finish, honestly? Because I don't remember the finish. Did he, did he win clean? Yes. Yeah. Like, were they all tangled in the ropes or some shit? Mm. No, it was... Um, I haven't noted down that he won clean. <laughs> but I, okay. for the life of me, I can't remember. Because Duncan walked clean. away, you know, like, you know like, like he had won, you know, like... Yeah. You know, he walked away pissed off like he had just. Be- I guess he beat him up after the bell, yeah, and, uh, and walked away. Because off there was like, wow, these matches so far have been really good with with like, you know, where, where, where some people would say shit endings, you know, <laughs> uh, and I and I think that's but that's horseshit. But if this is an entire card in one night, you don't want every match to end in a DQ. Is, is this what happens when? Uh, d- d- Pete buggers off that we uh, all three of us are here and none of us know how the match ended. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I turned away. I really, I turned away. I, well, I didn't, ca- back, I didn't catch it either. I, I have no idea how the match finished. It just ended. It was like, I was oh, watching it. And Oki wins. I was and watching I, it too. I, I literally, I turned away for a second. I'm writing something down. I look over. The match is over. Bobby Duncan's bloody and he's walking back, you know, away. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Was, it, was there a chance it was clipped? Is there any no. chance it was clipped? Because I, no. I don't understand what happened either. Because he is like, I understand a... what happened. We don't give a shit about Antonio <laughs> no, yeah. so much, so much that we could not do this. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> I have no idea how I can find out what happened. Uh, it's not like there's a button on your remote control that you can just <laughs> rewind nah. for a second. Now, I could not take that effort to find out exactly how this match ended. Because that's how much I give a shit about Antonio Inoki. I have the note that Inoki won clean. So I guess he won clean. I don't trust you. (laughs) Kelly. Yeah, this was one that I didn't have high hopes for. And yes, it didn't uh, let me down because this was boring. No heat. For me, that's that's one of the biggest sins um, a wrestling match can have is, is to be heatless. And there was nothing... They, they were popping for the karate chops, like as a Pavlovian type, you know, response at the time. Hey, he's using karate. Yes, that's exactly. about it. Because they didn't. Bruce Lee. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's all it was. You heard the murmur. It was like when they murmured in Philly for the for Stallone's name coming up. Exactly. They recognized that. <laughs> Other than that, um, Duncan, he, he was bumping well, uh, for sure. Uh, but. Anoki just works the same, you know, match, at least from what we've seen. I've seen good Anoki matches. I mean, I've seen really good Anoki matches. Funny enough, against uh, Hulk Hogan later in the 80s, he has some good matches with Hogan. And and earlier stuff in the 70s I've seen. But every match, well, I mean, I guess some of the Backland matches were okay. I think the very first one we watched was the one I liked the best. But by the time we got to that last one, I was I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, 
and I, I hopefully this is the end of Anoki in our footage. I think it may be. Um, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there is nothing going on here. Nobody. I mean, the crowd in New York doesn't know who Anoki is and doesn't care who he is. He's not the type of performer that's going to turn a uh, crowd around that uh, that doesn't know him. Was that Yatsu in the corner? I think it was. Was it? I think so. Because um, he was him, on the card. They called him Uzu. I thought they called him Yazoo. Uzu, Yazoo, yeah. Yazoo or something? Yazoo? Yazoo. Yazoo. Vince called him Yazoo, but it had to be Yazoo because he was on the card. And Vince actually said that uh, he won the crowd over in his match. Yeah, I wish we could have seen Yatsu. I, I really, like, yeah. I'm really high on him. Well, I, we're going to see him in, in uh, upcoming episodes. So he is a so. he is one of my favorite offensive rest like on offense. He's probably in my top five wrestlers ever, up there with uh oh, with um uh, Bob Orton Jr. I I love I love guys who can who can throw great suplexes and things. Yeah, oh, y- Yatsu in all Japan is awesome. Um, and then he just yeah. goes, and then he falls off a cliff in about 1989, 1990. Okay. Just well, goes, we got him in 1980. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I very much look forward to that. Um, yeah. Cause, uh, yeah, he's everything that Anoki isn't, right? Exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, but all that said, this wasn't that bad. Um, for me, one, it was only eight minutes long. Plus point. Uh, Anoki really gave Duncan nothing. But then what do you expect, Sanoki, you know? Um, that's it. That's my. That's all I've got. <laughs> and the crowd was so quiet. So yeah, the crowd, the crowd was very you quiet. You could yeah. hear um, uh, Duncan going, my hair. Got my hair, Rev. Got my hair. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right, shall we, shall we move on from this? Uh, good riddance to Anoki. I hope we don't see him again. Um, and if, yeah. He was just coming off, you know, he was just coming off... Uh, uh, a terrible loss to Tony Curtis in the Bad News Bears go to Japan. So, <laughs> that explains it all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Final uh, match on this card. It's a rematch, big rematch between Pat Patterson and Ken Patera. All right. And uh, I thought Ken Patera would be long gone by this point. This is uh, dis- very late on in December now, and Patera's still knocking around. Um, and this is obviously a, re- a rematch. Uh, uh, I think last time, didn't Patterson lose the IC title to Patera? Yeah, he lost to Patera. But actually, on the previous uh, msg show the one that wasn't televised uh, december 8th uh the night lennon was assassinated was um 
the IC title match between Patera and Pedro Morales, and uh, Patterson was the guest ref for that. And, oh, right, okay. And then Vince brings it up in commentary, right? Mm-hmm. That, and probably it was a fast count. Or no, no, it was uh, Patera had his leg on the bottom rope, and Patterson either didn't see it or chose not to see it, which um, would have been poetic justice because that's how Patterson lost yeah. to I do, Patera. I do have to ask, with the likes of Dick uh, Kroll and uh, Dick uh, Worley, um, refing at this time is a, is a is a fast count actually possible? Like, how can you get any fast? Like, did you see it on that German suplex uh, doing the Bob match? It was like yeah. one, two, three. It's like yeah, yeah he sped that one up. He sped that one up. <laughs> that, you know, see, that, uh, that's a crowd popper thing. That's one of those things. True. It's a crowd yeah, popper yeah. thing. It, you look at it and you go, know, he's been doing a consistent count all you know match, and then at this point the ref just goes one, two, three. You know, and you look at it and you go, oh, well, that's fast count, but it pops a crowd. So, yeah, what can you do? Yeah, and wait until we get to uh, Ivan Putsky's guest referee spots. Then you'll see some super fast counts, the fastest counts. <laughs> There's yeah. a spoiler. Well, but, but, but I'm saying in, the, in that environment, corrupt, corrupt officiating is very difficult to pull off because the normal refs just do really fast counts anyway. Um, okay. Um, so this match, then, I, I'm going to torture him, McMahon. Torture. That was uh, uh, my uh, highlight for me. But uh, J- Johnny, um, Patterson versus uh, Kevitera. Speaking of refs, this guy. Uh, Who is what he? What the fuck? I don't know, but he had hair like Elvis and these <laughs> weird Jerry Lawler King goatee thingy. He looked like fucking Meatloaf from Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Saturday night? <laughs> and, uh, with his shirt too tight for his fat body. Uh, yuck. And uh, yeah, this was fun, man. This is like this, is like, this is like their greatest hits. You know, we've seen these guys fight uh, a few times, and uh, they're going out there. They're doing their greatest hit show. Patera's strong. He's tossing around. Patterson's wily. And uh, you know, getting going for roll ups and, and whatever, but Patera keeps powering out. Uh, the crowd is definitely hot for this you know, because you know this, these are two guys they just love. Uh, they love to boo Patera. They love to cheer Pat at this point, you know. And uh, I, I thought this was, it was a lot of fun. I kind of got lost in it. I was like, yeah, this is a good fucking match, man. And then it ends with a shitty DQ. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, which is kind of like, <laughs> I get it. I mean, Patera is leaving, and Pat is, you know, going to stick around and, and be the special attraction older guy who gets in the feuds. You know, yeah. no titles, no titles involved, you know, just mm-hmm. the upcoming slaughter stuff and what yeah. have you. You know, and, and Patera's just, like, he's standing on the outside clubbering Pat. And the ref counts to five, and that's it, you know. And yeah. lifts up Pat's hand, and Pat and, and Patera's just standing there in the ring. It's like, ah, fuck it. Grabs the microphone, yells something incomprehensible. <laughs> you know, you know, fuck you all. And leaves. <laughs> it, was like, I, it was the epitome of the character. The character work is great, because he's like, I don't give a shit. I don't care. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not losing. Uh, and I just beat the shit out of this fucking old motherfucker, and mm. I don't care about winning or losing, and I'm not even going to attack him after the bell, because I just don't care. <laughs> um, I, I do have to say, 
how many times have you seen? Because like every once in a while on these shows, we see finishes that you very seldom see. How many times have you seen like a guy DQ'd for like not breaking the not breaking the five count, the four the four count on the uh, on the choke, yeah. or you know, not uh, like what was Patera DQ'd for here? Like uh, basically, he was standing on the apron outside the ropes. Had Pat draped over the ropes and he was clubbering yeah. his yeah. chest. So he didn't break the yeah. uh, so he didn't break the five count rule and got DQ. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. very like technical disqualification. I know. Very rare finish. I I don't think I've ever. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen that finish before. Oh, I know I have. Well, <laughs> actually, Ernie Ladd and Pedro Morales have had a similar yeah. finish. Yeah, just in the last show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. What 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 was uh what, that was, was that? The, the choking on the ropes. And not right, breaking yeah. five count, yeah. yeah. It's bizarre, though, given how lenient these refs are in other ways, like where we've yeah. seen matches where, you know, chair where chair usage happens in front of the ref, there's no DQ. <laughs> uh, anyway, Kelly, uh, what do you make of this one? Yeah, it was it was a, it was was a really fun um, while it lasted, with the finish being, yeah. I, 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 you know, I've come to... You know, I've made my peace with these finishes, and and most of the time, you know, uh, a non-finish doesn't bother me. But this one was just, yeah, they're just, you know, it's the the break of the, yeah. the five count. It's just not enough there, and and it's also Patera's, you know, last match, and I'm not expecting him to do a clean job in the middle of the ring, but something else, uh, maybe a count out. Lost something, something with a little bit of finality. Yeah, they did or a did, lot of. There was a lot of, of, of Patterson Hope roll up spots. You know, yeah, that make you go, okay, he caught him on a banana peel. They should have yeah. done that, you know. And yeah, then they didn't. I mean, would it have hurt him? He's leaving the territory. It's not like the fans would have thought when he came back. Oh, I remember you lost to Pat Patterson uh, clean. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I'm not buying tickets to watch you wrestle. That's yeah, such a dumb. Yeah. That is like that is like the dumbest talking point out there, <laughs> you know. Too. It's like, uh, like, well, I had to protect myself because I might come back in four years, uh, and they're gonna be. Like, I can't buy you as a credible wrestler because yeah. I saw you lose once, and it goes on today. People go, people watch modern wrestling and go. Well, I can't buy him as because he's like, well, no, yes, you can, dummy. They, ugh. It's the stupidest fucking yep, talking yeah, point. But if you listen to Dylan Hales, Ken Patera yeah, I, was the pre, was the was like basically the number one heel in the country in 1980 or there thereabouts. So does a top top star like that want to lose to Pat Patterson on his way out? I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of like a top tier star at this point. So, well, what do you think? There's some sort of gossip like this. Where's he going? Now, where I mean, where does he go? Georgia, uh, Georgia. Do okay. there's some sort of gossip line to all the fans <laughs> in Georgia to go? You know, hey, you know, we go. Uh, Wait, he, is it Georgia or AWA? Pat Patterson. Uh, what are the other? I'm not 100 percent sure. I, I think Ge- I think Georgia then AWA. Yeah, but still, but I understand the thought process. Like it was ingrained in their heads. You don't do jobs, you know, and you know, very rarely ever. The heels, you know, very rarely you know, did a job. So it was ingrained in their heads that you don't do this. And they had a lot more power in the territory days where they could, you know, Sid Vicious, Sid Vicious lost to El Gigante in like 19 seconds or some shit. 
you yeah. know, in a, in a shitty stretcher match before he goes to WWE uh, F to become Sid Justice. And you know what? Nobody gave a shit. It didn't affect him no. at all. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. I mean, I can see the like the view of the wrestler thinking that, but on the other hand, it didn't make any. It didn't matter to the fans, you know. It, but they thought it mattered or something. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, my my notes literally say some good action, but disappointing DQ finish, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is essentially. I thought it was a great match. I really, I was, I was, yeah. I was really enjoying the match um, itself. Those two guys can work together. Like, I. I I do have to say, I mean, as as high as I was on Pat Patterson in 1979 and the early part of 1980, um, I think he may have reached an age at this point where yeah. it's like he's too old, like he's kind of graduated to become like an old man performer at this point, where yeah. it's almost like he can't, he, he no longer does like a suplex, like Pat Patterson won't do a suplex at this time or take a suplex, so... The matches don't like he's not being involved in high spots like that anymore. So the, the match takes on a different shape. Well, yeah, you know what well, I'm saying? Yeah, he is, but he's also an announcer, you know. So he's yeah. not a full time performer. Uh, he's an announcer yeah. who who gets drawn into certain things because we're gonna see Slaughter Patterson coming yeah. up soon. So I, I guess he's slowly morphing into more of a brawler. I guess uh, yes. as a, as a worker. Um, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah, so no, that was my 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 other uh, note here, um, and I don't know if it, like does it help either man's case? I mean, like, Patton's not really in the running for 1980, but uh, does it help Patera's case at all uh, for the award show? He's in the running. Uh, uh, he he was like an early forerunner for night wrestler of the year for 1980. Yeah, he was. I mean. For me, he's not going to be in my top three. Maybe he's, he's probably number four. Um, there was just not enough at the in the last half of the year, it seemed, of of Ken yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. You know, and see, because numbers one, two, and three are going to be Alpha, Sika, and Sekunda. <laughs> so, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Something well, like that. Okay, well, no, I, I mean, I have to say, I, I still am not, Hundred percent sold on Ken as like uh, I I don't know I'm not he's I don't think he's a top top worker I still don't um, although I do I have to say even in this match his character work is phenomenal he, he's see and I think that's and I think that counts as much yeah no it does it does I mean character work does count but I I guess I still make a, a mental division between I guess ring mechanics and the kind of the total package, uh, and I, I I prefer to rate guys as a total package, but I also view things and sometimes I just think. Well, I don't know, man. That's like kind of like you know? that's that's like kind of like watching like say Patrick Stewart do do Shakespeare, you know, and and be like he's like well you know well, you know his character work was great, <laughs> you know, but this this wasn't it, it's a performance. You know, yeah, well, it's a total performance. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, some I, guys, I, I guess, some guys lean, some guys lean all the way one way, some guys lean all the way the other way. I, I guess, for, uh, I, I guess think Patera really gets in right in the middle. I guess for right or wrong, the way that I guess like wrestling criticism has evolved or whatever, 
through Meltzer or through, um, you know, through the internet that, that, you know, where in the 90s and the early 2000s there was such an emphasis on work rate and all of this sort of thing. It's difficult, uh, it's difficult to completely put it out of your mind. You know what I mean? So I, uh, yeah, I still, it's easy. You just breathe deep <laughs> and blow it out your ass and, and like they do. More, okay. And watch more 19, early 1980s WWE. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That's the prescription exactly. for your And listen to Titans of Wrestling. <laughs> and listen to Titans of Wrestling. Uh, you can follow us, of course, on Twitter at uh, Titans O Wrestling. T-I-T-A-N-S-O-W-R-E-S. A little T-L-I-N. Titans O Wrestling. On Twitter, follow us, let us know what you think of the show. Uh, tell Parvey's wrong. So it's great. It's, a, it's an outlet for you, the fan, to let us know how awesome, you know, I am and uh, how, you know, kind of awesome everyone else is. You know, so please let us know exactly what you think. Uh, and we've got a uh, big, we've got big news coming up. Do you want to, well, should we do the, uh, um, I'm, that, that is called throwing it. Okay. I'm throwing it to you. Well, shall okay. we do the shall we do the end of show award and then uh, okay. the, the the news? How about that? It's a tease. It's a tease. Tease. All right. Um. So, uh, match of the night. I think there's uh, a couple of contenders here. Johnny. There's only four matches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's four matches and three of them were good and I the think other one had exactly four contenders. Yeah. There, yeah. There are four. <laughs> con- there, there there are there are three contenders and an Oki versus Duncan. Uh. Yeah. I, I'm gonna go. Uh, with the Moon Dogs versus uh, Guria and Martel, uh, I love that. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I, I do want to go right back to uh, Bob and Khan, and just with the line where, of as Khan's walking in, and Vince says, "Like you said, that's not your friendly neighborhood ice cream man." I was like, if my friendly neighborhood ice cream man was dressed like an extra from a bad Genghis Khan movie, uh, I don't, I don't think I'd be buying ice cream from him. But uh, <laughs> Anywho, yeah, I, uh, it's between to me. It's, it's between Martel Guerrilla, Moon Dogs, and uh, Con Bob, and uh, since Tony Guerrilla is my you know my heterosexual love partner, uh, and the Moon Dogs are awesome, I'm going with the Moon Dogs. Kelly, um, yeah, I'm gonna go with the tag, um, with Bob and Con being a close second. Uh, I think the tiebreaker is you know maybe we haven't seen. Or we definitely haven't seen a lot of great tag matches lately, and we've seen a lot of uh, pretty good Bob performances, so I'll go with the tag. It was really good, fast-paced. Uh, I'm looking forward to more Moondogs, more Martel and Gurria uh, as we get into 1981. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm going with the Calm versus Backland um, uh, as my match of the night because... Uh, well, I'm a I'm a sucker for a, a suplex, and that German was really cool. <laughs> oh, he crushed him. He just crushed him. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my. And I also thought it was really refreshing to see uh, a really different type of backland match. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, MVP. Johnny. Oh wow! You know my MVP is the Moon Dogs as a team. Okay. Uh, coming in and bringing a breath of fresh air. No, they were definitely not. They were they were definitely fresh. Now fresh I'm air. sure if you stood next to them, you, the last thing you would think is a breath of fresh air. Uh, <laughs> they look at like they smell like ass. But you know, yes, that's 
They're my. They're 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 it, man. Caddy. Yeah, actually, that's who I'm going with too. The Moon Dogs. Um, for Why? the same reason. It, my pick is um, a, bit, a little out of left field here. Uh, Rick Martel. Um, I thought he was just phenomenal. I mean, we didn't really talk yep. about him that much, but oh, he was great. His selling, yeah. his yep. uh, you know the, that 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 uh, blind leading the uh, you know the leading the blind spot uh, yeah, that yeah, he did. Yeah, he's just a terrific blow like the I would say the quintess- quintessential really? blowjob babyface. I would say. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm uh, uh, cow mode. Big cow somewhere, mode. Somewhere, right somewhere a grave twitched somewhere in Philadelphia. You know? <laughs> Cal, yeah. Cal got excited somewhere in uh, wherever he is. Like, um, like, oh, somewhere in He's Wales. still alive. Is Cal still alive? He's still alive, yeah. Oh, Cal is still alive. Yes. Oh, him, oh him my and, God. Yes. And him and the one-man gang are having drinks later. Carl <laughs> uh, Rudman is still alive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have to find him. We have if to we can get down. Cal Rudman on this show, god damn it. That'd be the greatest thing. We could dedicate an entire fucking two hours yeah. to, the three, to the four of us talking to Cal Rudman. God damn it. That would be the, 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 the grab of all grabs. Yeah. We need to track him down. Yeah, I think, you know... Could be possible. I don't I mean, think. Yes, I'm thinking it's definitely possible. <laughs> why? I mean, why not? <laughs> Hi, you know, um, you know, we've been doing this show. We're watching all this footage. We love you, uh, yeah. and now we we joke around, we goof around, but we think you're just the greatest. And would you be willing to do a podcast with us? And we could time it around him. Yeah. Uh, I bet you we could get Cal. Right. Yeah. I mean, we, we 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 can't promise anything, but that would be a dream come true for all of us, I'm sure. <laughs> and you know, and you know what would happen? Two days after he did the podcast, drop dead. He dies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He'll be like, you know, he'll he'll do the podcast and then appear on some local Philly station. Yeah. Be like, I talked to these fellas the other day. They were gorgeous, beautiful voices. <laughs> On them, and they reminded me of my my wonderful days. And I just want you all to know, as you look on to beautiful asses and eyes and southern <laughs> bells everywhere, that the spirit of Cal Rudman is within you and you, and you are the legend makers of me, Cal Rudman. And then he's gonna drop dead. <laughs> Where um, how old is he? Like he must be in his eighties. seventies, uh, maybe. I mean, how old was he in 1980? Because he looks, I mean, he looks old. But like slimy, yeah. creepy kind of. Maybe he is in his 80s. Late yeah. 40s. Late 40s, you think? Yeah. Just ahead. Mid, mid 40s, I'll say. Early mm. to mid. It's hard okay. to say. But I, yeah, I know he's still alive. All right. Um, and and uh, speaking of Cal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, did we all pick out MVPs? No. Kelly, you. Did you, oh, no, okay. you picked uh, the Yeah, yeah I, I did. I picked the Moonbug. <laughs> you, you you pick the Moon Dogs. Uh, oh, I pick Rick Martel. Okay. Yeah. Worst yeah. Uh, worst performer on the night then, Johnny. Uh, um, I, it's kind of rough because no one really sucked at all. Uh, so amongst the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten wrestlers who performed tonight. <laughs> uh. 
dunk him? I guess uh, it's kind of rough. I don't think that, I don't even think that's fair. So it, it's okay. The bar, okay. The worst performer, the guy who did the the referee's hair in in the Patterson, uh, <laughs> no, the Patterson for Terror match. Because anyone who convinced that guy that that was a good look, you know, was ugh. Kelly. Um, I'll say whoever taped the the footage for the Patterson Kentatera match, which was <laughs> noticeably of, of of poorer quality than the previous footage. Forty second generation VHS tape. <laughs> Noisy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was more wrestling to come. Apparently, this was some sort of huge card. Yeah, and, and uh, there were, were there matches earlier as well. You said, Kelly. Yeah, there was. Um, and there was actually well, they the Patera Patterson match was the last one televised, right. uh, and Vince mentions how they were going to run out of time. But there was actually a Tony Atlas Ernie led Texas Death match following wow. oh. that wasn't televised. What, what, what else was on the card? Um, there was a lot of matches with the Japanese talents. Fujinami was there. Yatsu, I think uh, one or two other guys. Who, who did they face? Did you have? Oh, uh, I wish I could bring it up, but. Uh, maybe I could. Johnny Rods, Jose Luis <laughs> yeah. Rivera. I just, yeah, just want to know if our boy Dominic was in action. Like Dominic versus Yatsu, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, Do- right. Dominic uh, wrestled Hogan uh, for the second time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That was a good um, match last time. <laughs> yeah, the, I don't think this one was. I think it lasted about four minutes, and it sounded like it was a pretty decisive uh, Hogan victory, so, yeah. Baron Cicluna Baron beat Masala. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, only that was true. Right. I, I, I just had the thought, you know how they do the big invasion angles in uh, in in Japan? Could you imagine a um, a 1980 WF invasion angle where, like, the Baron, Danucci, <laughs> they all turn up in New Japan, like, to, to invade? <laughs> Uh, here we are. Yeah. You know what? We, we're, we're all one. We're, we're all a good foot taller than all of you, and we'll stomp. And we're just gonna. They, they come the stompers. Yeah. Yeah, and the hardcore Japanese fans would be upset because these weren't the the top guys. So they the, they ruined it. They ruined the invasion by not having Backland and San Martino involved. Okay, I got yeah. the card up now. If you want to. Hear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yatsu pinned. Uh, Estrada, right uh, in the in the opener of with the belly to belly suplex, eight minutes forty seven seconds. Seiji uh, Sagaguchi mm-hmm. um, fought Sika to a draw <laughs> when oh, both Afa and Sika switched places during the bout, and Antonio Anoki interfered apparently. Mm. Wow! Don't think we need to see that one, but who knows? Stick uh, his chain where it's not wanted. Yes, WWF Junior Heavyweight Champion Tatsumi Fujinami pinned Don Diamond. (laughs) I don't even know. Legendary. I have to say, probably the best worker anywhere in the world in 1980 is Fujinami. I would suggest. Oh yeah, no, he was from uh, from what I've seen, he was phenomenal in 1980. Uh, There was yeah, well yeah. There's probably, but from what I've seen, Fujinami is probably the front runner there. He was really good. Uh, there was a women's match. Mula, the fabulous Mula and Joyce Grable defeated oh. Candy Malloy and Peggy Lee. <sighs> I bet that was a work rate classic. 
<laughs> we got to see any arena, Jess. <laughs> I've been thinking for 1981, I think we have to dig up not only women's matches, but some midget matches to um, get the full experience of WWF in the early 80s. There were some good midget workers, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Cowboy um, Ring was fucking great. Little Beaver? Yeah. Who's was the little... Uh, who's the little uh, Oh, I say little. <laughs> I mean, who's the, there, there's one pretty good, like, black worker, midget wrestler. Yeah, right. Uh, I've, I've seen him a few. Little Kogo. Yeah, he's pretty uh, good. Or they call him Little, little Mr. T. Beaver Brook. Little Mr. T. Beaver Brook. Yeah. Is that a Beaver? Doesn't matter. Carry on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's about it. Uh, Pedro, uh, IC champ Pedro Morales pinned the hangman, which we saw in a previous episode. Yeah. And then the matches we've all seen. Um, nice. So, yeah, it was a stacked card, for sure. Wow, long uh, card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite a few matches. That's why they ran out of TV time, I guess. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, but n- none of the previous ones were televised? Mm, or I'm they? thinking they probably all were, except for the last two. The last two were Putsky pinned Afa, uh, <laughs> and the Atlas Ernie Ladd Texas Deathmatch was very last match and Sound, wouldn't have been otherwise. sounds interesting you know Ernie Lau was disappointing in that last match uh, you know yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't able to make the show but then mm-hmm. like in 1983 Mid-South I really dug him uh, Ernie Ladd like yeah. kind of uh, with his double leg drop and uh, he's like in those few matches that made the set I guess he was really good but I guess we didn't see all the matches where he didn't make the set like, maybe yeah. he wasn't that good in... Uh... Well, we only saw one match, too. Uh, he was old. We talked about this, man. He yeah, he, he's, he's 20-plus years into his... Or yeah. 20 years or so into his career, yeah. Uh, he's another guy. He's you're, 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 an old, you're an old giant. He's another guy who has good character work, though, in the ring. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so my worst worker of the night is uh, Antonio Inoki, uh, which is unfair... But I don't care because it's, it's, it's Noki, so fuck him. <laughs> um, what's like the opposite of a Titans of Wrestling hero, like a kind of yeah, Titans yeah. of Wrestling villain and a new Inoki. Um So John, oh, Johnny, what? You sneaky parv. What's, <laughs> what's your news, Johnny? Well, Titans of Wrestling fans. What is the one thing that every form of entertainment needs, nay, wants, that there's just not enough of? You got it. Award shows. <laughs> and what we've got coming up on uh, the next uh, Titans of Wrestling is the Titans of Wrestling Award shows. The Callies. Yay. <laughs> we, will be, we will be announcing our we will be announcing our winners of all the categories of the Callies. Uh, that we come up with over the next week. Uh, and uh, so tune in to the Callies. It's going to be an amazing night. Uh, tears will be shed. Memories will be shared. Spotlights will be stolen. It is going to be a monumentous uh, evening of professional wrestling podcasting that no one can match. Yeah. It's the Callies, the first annual Callies here on Titans of Wrestling. Coming live. You know, the- you know, you want to hear this live. Go ahead. 
totally you, Parv. You know, yeah, it's going to come live from the Philadelphia Spectrum. <laughs> live <laughs> from the Philadelphia Spectrum. Hosted by Carl Rodman. Uh, live, wait, live, live from the ballroom at the Holiday Inn next <laughs> yes. to the Philadelphia Spectrum. <laughs> the first annual Callies. Uh, it's it's going to be fantastic. We're going to have celebrity presenters. Uh, Dusty's going to be there. Bruno's going to be there. Larry's going to be there. Uh, yeah, it's going to be spectacular. Yeah, please. There are going to be a hundred seventy. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> 170 yes. categories. And, well, just like the Oscars. <laughs> just like the Oscars. Just like the Oscars, there's going to be about a billion categories that no one gives a shit about. Best, yeah. best tights. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, no one, no one gives a shit about best foreign short film. No, no one cares. Best, okay? best foreign object. Exactly. <laughs> the, Ooh, it's, wow. it's, it's Baron's Baron's going to win a few. Yeah. It's best Baron's hair. One. Best hair. <laughs> it's gonna be. I think. I think it's gonna come down to Tony Gurria versus Bruno's wig, and <laughs> it is going to be breathtaking. It is going to be a podcast monumental occasion. The yeah. first five annual hours Callies. long, maybe six. Yes. yes. <laughs> Barbara Walters is going to interview Tony Gurria's hair before the uh, event. Uh, it's going to be wonderful. Uh, please, uh, the Cali's coming soon yeah. on Place to be Nation and <laughs> Titans of Wrestling. All the women are going to come out wearing their lovely dresses. Uh, Rick, Rick. I'm going to be wearing a lovely dress sitting here <laughs> in my room while we broadcast the Cali's. Rick McGraw's wife, for example. Exactly. Making appearance. All right, so join us next time for the Titans of the, the, the Cali's, the Titans of Wrestling Cali's Awards. <laughs> um, so long. For now.